morning we welcome you to our podcast. We're so glad you're listening or you're here in the room. Someone in the room give a big shout out this morning. This morning I'm going to speak on there is power in the blood. Someone say there is power in the blood. The Passover miracle. Wow, a day to remember. Reading to you from Exodus the 11th chapter, 12th chapter. These are instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency for this is the Lord's Passover. Someone say the Lord's Passover. And on that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. He says, this is a day to remember and to celebrate for all time when the Lord did marvelous things. Now reading to you from the New Testament, 1 Peter 1 and 18. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you. And from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. It was not paid with mere mere gold or silver, which lose their value. Someone say lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him to be your ransom long before the world began. But now he has been revealed for your sake. How many believe there is power in the blood of Jesus today? Give him one more shout of praise. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome your Holy Spirit into this room Thank you, sir, for doing what only you can do. You know what I have asked of you, and I decree it shall be according to your word. Speak to my brothers and sisters. Speak to those listening in the podcast. Speak to us, Lord, and remind us and rehearse to us and lift us up in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed at Calvary. Come, sir, and do what only you can do. There's no ignoring that without you, I'm nothing, but with you, you will get the work done. We give glory to the King and to the name of Jesus and the church said, amen. Give him one more shout of praise in this house. This morning... I'm sitting with some beautiful young people to talk about the Passover. Everybody good so far? Good? You good so far? Caleb and I are matching. That's so cool. This is Caleb, Skyler, Bailey, and Carter. Give them a hand. So I'm going to tell them a story. This table is decorated for Passover. Passover is like a party, like a celebration, like a time to remember, you know, like a birthday party when everyone brings you gifts, isn't that awesome? And they celebrate. Well, Passover was like a party, yay, to remember the time that God brought his people out of Egypt. Someone say out there, out of Egypt. They had been slaves for a very long time, and they believed and asked God to bring them into freedom. But so much time went by, but they kept believing that God was able. Sometimes we have to wait on things, don't we? But God is always faithful. Can I get an amen? Amen. So one night, God told Moses, tell the people, come and get ready. Get dressed, get your shoes on, get your walking stick, and eat quickly. Because tonight, the Lord is going to do something amazing. I love it when someone throws you a surprise. Isn't that awesome? If it's a good surprise. 
And so there was bad things going on all around them. But this is what God said. If you put your faith in me, I will pass over you. And while the bad things are going on, I'll keep you safe. Isn't that a great word? And God did that. And about midnight, he did it. He brought them out of Egypt to freedom. Can I get a shout from somebody this morning? And so we celebrate the Passover to remember the amazing things. Because God said, Carter, I just don't want you to do this one time. I want you to do it once a year to remember that I did something by my mighty hand that no one else could do. Because God is the only one that can do this kind of miracles. So every year near Easter, we're almost done. Hang in there with me. Every year near Easter is Passover almost at the same time. And they eat this bread. Here's you one. Here's you one. Pass one to your brother. Pass one to your brother down there in the Lord. There you go, Scholar. Pass Caleb one. There you go. There you go. Give them a hand. They're doing great. And this bread is matsu bread, and it has stripes on it, and it has holes to represent the suffering that they went through in Egypt. But you know what it also represents? Jesus Christ and what he suffered at Calvary. But the neat thing is at Passover, they would dip the bread into something sweet. Everyone say sweet. They would dip it into something sweet and they would dip the bitter herbs into something sweet. And when they took the bitter herbs, they would dip them into something sweet because they had gone through bitter things. Sometimes we go through things that are sad, right? But what God was saying, I will cause all things to work together for good. Isn't it wonderful that God takes the bitter things in our life and he dips them in the sweetness of his mercy and his grace and brings out something wonderful. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So at this table of Passover, one of the children would ask the adults in the room, why is tonight so special? Why is tonight different than any other night? And an adult in the room would say, because tonight we're remembering when God did something that we thought would never be done. And we want to always remember it was his hand that did it. We don't ever want to forget what he did for us. And then the children, which I'm not going to make y'all do, you're going to be happy about this, would sing a song called Die Nu. It's a song you can look up on YouTube if you want to sing it at home tonight. Die Nu. And Die Nu would say like this, if he had only brought us out of Egypt, that would have been enough when he freed us from slavery. But he did much more than that. He brought us across the Red Sea and that would have been more than enough. But then he parted the Red Sea and made the ground dry underneath us and we walked across it. That would have been enough. But then he drowned our enemies in the ocean called the Red Sea and he destroyed them. It is always our pleasure to give God praise. He could have stopped here, but he kept going here. He could have stopped here, but he kept going here. Someone shout hallelujah to the king this morning. And, and you know what, guys? Right now, your parents are carrying your testimonies. Your parents are telling the stories of what God's done in your life so far. But someday, you'll tell your own testimony. Someday, it won't be your parents telling it. You'll be telling it. And I might be back there. Maybe the future pastor of Harvest is sitting up here. Maybe the future worship leader. And if I'm 98 years old and all I got is a cane when I'm lifting it up and doing like this, it means I'm saying, you go. Hallelujah, because God is so good. Hallelujah. And I want to say this in closing. This living room of faith, all those adults out here, you notice when you come in on Sunday morning, it gets a little wild in here sometimes, doesn't it? 
People are shouting. People are dancing. People are praising. They're doing all matters of things. People are saying, hallelujah. And you think, what's going on in here? I'll tell you what's going on in here. All the people in this room have been delivered from one thing to another. They've come out of slavery. So on Sundays, they don't know what else to do but say, I don't ever want to forget what the Lord has done for me. I'm going to shout hallelujah. Can the church stand to your feet and give a standing ovation to the king and give him all the praise? Thank you, kids. Thank you, kids. Thank you. Come on, somebody. Let him hear it this morning. Somebody let him hear it for all he's done for you. I don't ever want to forget that he saved me. I don't ever want to forget that he healed me. I don't ever want to forget that he turned it around when it could not be turned around. Someone shout hallelujah in this room. You can be seated. Didn't they do great? Hallelujah. We're talking about the power of the blood. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The Passover arrow to the Messiah, the Son of the Almighty God, where the blood of Jesus can soften the hardest heart. Can I get an amen? The blood of Jesus still flows to the lowest valley, to those deep in distress. Can I get an amen? It still flows to the highest mountain. It can reach the rich, the wealthy. As my husband often said, and I'd quote him on TV, his blood is the only thing that can cause an alcoholic to want to drink Dr. Pepper. Come on, somebody. His blood soothes our doubts and calms our fears. His blood heals the sick. His blood takes us from death to life, from fear fear to hope. You are here today because of the blood of Jesus. Revelation 12 and 11, and we have conquered and overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Ephesians 1 and 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. Colossians 1 20, he is able to reconcile all things through his blood. And by his blood, we've been sealed forever according to Hebrews 9. Can I get an amen? He suffered, he died, he was buried, but he rose again. And the Bible said he rose with power. There is a red line from Genesis to Revelation that speaks of the blood. It's precious, precious, it's costly, it has a tremendous price. We see the blood first in Genesis when God made man from the ground. He molded him and shaped him and breathed life into him. He gave him a part of himself but there was a creature look at your neighbor and give me a break and say there was a creature who was more cunning than them all the word says he did not come slithering like the ones I see on the greenway that make grown men cry but he came upright and walking and he tempted Adam and Eve he was a serpent and Adam and Eve fell and in their desperation they covered themselves with fig leaves. But I want to tell you this morning, fig leaves will never do the job. Can I get an amen? We have our own fig leaves today that we try to cover ourselves when the blood is what covers us. Things we work on to relieve ourselves, to prop ourselves up, to drive away fear and shame and anxiety. Wrong relationships that we use as fig leaves. But fig leaves will never do. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my pain? 
What can bring protection to my heart? What can ransom my soul for eternity from the clutch of hell? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Someone give the blood of Jesus a shout of praise. And in that moment of failure, God did what God always does. He came walking and he said, where are you, Adam and Eve? God knew where they were, but God wanted them to identify where they were. You see, you and I somehow get intimidated and inhibited in telling God where we are. It is a blessing to say, I'm not okay, God. It is a blessing to say, I'm tired, God. I'm empty, God. I'm frustrated, God. You see, we can cover ourselves with with fig leaves, we can cover ourselves with the things of the world, or we can say to God, I need a fresh washing from your blood. I need a fresh anointing. I am overwhelmed, but what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Someone say amen. And he sees fig leaves, God does, but his mercy sees what can be. He knows there are hiding but his goodness calls them out of their shame. Remember the goodness of God, the scripture says, leads us to repentance. The Pharisees wanted to slam their hand down on the desk. They wanted to demean. Jesus said, you bunch of vipers. You, you're leading people into the ditch. You're making things so hard for them to come to me. They didn't understand when Jesus came walking toward the adulterous woman and said, go and sin no more. Your accusers are gone. I thank Thank God that in my dereliction, my distress, my discouragement, I thank him that he led me through his goodness to repentance. Can I get an amen in this room? Someone give the Lord a shout of praise. He did not enter the garden mad, yelling, screaming. He did not run away from them or write them off. He walked toward them. Does anybody in this room this morning remember a moment? A season, a day when God came walking toward you when the world walked away from you. Does anybody remember when he counted you in? Oh, I do. When everyone counted you out, but God said, you go ahead and count her out. I'll take her just the way she is. You go ahead and mark her or mark him. You go ahead and use your tongue against them. But I'm going to tell you, my goodness sees what they can be. My goodness says, I'll take that one and I'll take that one. Maybe he sent you a friend. Maybe he sent you a song. Maybe he sent something in a word or someone a parent or a worker or a mentor but rest assured as the sun goes up in the morning and the moon comes out at night I can rest assured to tell you that Jesus is the one that will come walking when the world walks away someone give him praise in this house this morning come on someone give him praise and we are Jesus with skin on Keith, we are the ones that come walking to those in failures. Beginning of this church, there was um, several people I helped. I had no idea how to help them because of their situations and their past. And Jesus said something simply, and a lot of them would testify today if they were here and still very dear to me and communicate with me often about those miracles. He said, all I ask you is to hold their hand and get a vision of what they're going to be. 
and keep going with them until they get there. This week, we got an unbelievable another testimony about Pastor Hank that we did not know. There was someone visiting our church recently. It was a friend of Christine's and works up in East Tennessee. And um, he went back to where he works, and the person over him said, where'd you go to church Sunday? And he said, oh, you've probably not heard of it. It's Church of the Harvest. He said, Church of the Harvest? I said, yes. He goes, no, I know them. About four to five years ago, I was high as high as I could be walking down the streets of Cleveland, and their pastor pulled over in a truck. And he said, are you okay, buddy? Are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not okay. He gave me $20, and he said, where are you at? I'll send someone to get you and bring you to church tonight. Sure enough, he sent someone to bring him to church that night. He came to church that night. Then pastor put him in a motel and paid that motel for that night to give him a moment to get his mind together. And he said, that was a turning point and a pivotal point of my life. He's now the pastor of a recovery house in East Tennessee. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That is Jesus with skin on. He says, come to me just as you are. You can't cover yourself with fig leaves. Why do we try to hide from the very one who loves us more than life itself? You see, that was the beginning of the line of the precious blood of Jesus. God in the garden prophesied as Adam and Eve saw him do something he had never done before. This glorious creator who in my imagination, I like to believe, hoisted lambs up on his shoulder as he walked with Adam and Eve. He would walk with all the different animals. He loved them at the end of every day when he created things he said it is very good he loved what he had made but Adam and Eve saw him do something that he had never done before he picked up an animal and he killed that animal and he took the skin and he covered Adam and Eve with the very blood that was the beginning that was a reminder that there was one yet to come behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world someone give Jesus a praise in this house you see that's when they say the curse began and maybe this morning you're listening or you're in this room and you think you know I was born under a curse I'm under this sign or that sign let me introduce you to the man called Jesus who breaks every chain who breaks every curse who breaks everything he demolishes every spell that's ever been spoken over you he destroys every yoke because the shedding of his blood brings freedom Someone give him a praise in this house. You don't have to cover yourself with fig leaves. There is power in the blood of Jesus. You don't have to hide from him. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Someone say hallelujah this morning. It's supernatural. The world is obsessed with the supernatural. The blood is supernatural. You can't define it. You can't understand it. You watch vampires and you understand that. You watch werewolves and you understand that. You watch darkness and you understand that. I'm not confessing this over you. I'm just saying people out there in the world, not you, of course. Look at your neighbors. She's not talking to you. 
but the blood is supernatural. It's above what is natural. There is several well-known businessmen in this city whose name are household's name that they say, Cecil Giles, my daddy, because he was a chaplain of a large company, the last place he worked, with a boot on that brother's back and his hand, Cecil Giles got them into heaven on a deathbed confession. You know what? I don't want anyone to have a deathbed confession, but it's so powerful that if you confess Jesus after serving the enemy all your life, two of my uncles were drunk skunks. I don't know any other way to say it. And my daddy led them to Jesus moments. I would love to have seen what happened in hell when BG said, Jesus, I confess you as Lord. Oh, hell lost another one. Come on, somebody. And that's what happens with the supernatural name of Jesus. Life is in the blood. I want to tell you this morning, it was the blood of Jesus that took us out of the life taker's hand, which is Satan. He takes life and puts us into the life of the life giver, who is Jesus. The devil comes to kill but Jesus comes that you might have amen someone give him praise and Peter opened up by saying you are not redeemed by corruptible seed which means things that decay your clothes will decay if you wait long enough uh-huh they will decay not while we're sitting here this morning glory be to the lamb your food can decay Watch it. Buildings can decay from former generations. Even silver and gold, the Bible says, because he said you weren't, you weren't redeemed with silver and gold. That's corruptible. That's why he said, but incorruptible, which is the blood of Jesus. You can even freeze your body at one of those psycho scientist freak shows when you die and say someday they're going to come back with a way to keep me alive and I want to be frozen till that moment comes I can't imagine anybody choosing to stay in this earth one more moment than God says it's time to go can I get an amen but even if you were to do that you cannot take those things into eternity but the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than any other word I've ever heard its value is beyond anything you can order handmade furniture from someone overseas and you can pay extra to have it shipped because sometimes it's not quantity it's quality and they ship that handmade piece of wood my walking stick was handmade for my papa giles you can ship those from another country it puts high value on it you can go to london where i've been with kathy payne and stand and look at the crown jewels of queen elizabeth and the queen's preceding her and as you stand there line after line people after people after people to get up there and see everything behind glass and there's a security system that even the crew from oceans 11 could not break can i get an amen you see the mona lisa is insured it's incomparable for 860 million it's in paris in the museum uh, behind bullet proof glass but I want to tell you something today there is no line to the blood of Jesus there is no security around the blood of Jesus there is no one that can say to you you can't receive or apply the blood of Jesus in fact the scripture says whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved can someone give a shout for the whosoever's come on it took thousands of years for Jesus to come to us from the fall. 
He was prophesied about his death and his blood in Genesis, Exodus, Psalms. Daniel and Ezekiel got in. All the minor prophets even stepped up to the plate for the closing of the Old Testament and spoke of the Messiah that would come from the tribe of Benjamin and spoke of he that would come. God took time to develop just the right circumstances. God took the time to raise up, to get events just the way he wanted it. Then the Bible says in Galatians 4 and 4, in the fullness of time. It means when time was full, every detail was foreordained. Father God set the time. He set the place. He set the circumstances to bring the precious time of salvation. I want to say to someone in the room this morning or listening by the podcast, you're in the waiting room of God, and I'm here to encourage you that when the time is full, God is going to answer your request. Come on, somebody. When people are in the right place, come on, that's true. When details have been fine ordained, God has already planned it. The miracle is secure because the blood that flowed from Emmanuel's veins, which is Jesus, was unique. Someone say unique. It was rare. Oh, I came to preach this morning. I'm not going to slow down, so give me a hand. Come on. Come on. It's, it's, if the preacher's on me, I cannot stop it. It's here. No blood like it ever flowed. No blood before it. It was not the blood of a human. It was from the woman Mary, but the Father was God. And the blood comes from the Father. And the blood that came from Jesus was not from corruptible seed, meaning those things that decay, but it was hand crafted by God alone. No one will ever have the blood that Jesus had. No one will ever possess a mind like his or heart like his, though we try. He was not mass produced. He was born by the seed of the Holy Spirit. And when one drop began to flow, the first time they hit him with a crown or the first time they beat his back, once the blood hit the ground, the demons began to tremble If we had known he was the Lord of glory, we would have never crucified him. For he's bringing redemption in his name. Somebody give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, his blood will never lose its power. Someone just lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Misty, if you bring me that water, please. I can't get this one open. I prefer that one. He was born by the seed of God, and his blood dripped. It caused ramifications in the caverns of the damned. And I want to tell you something this morning. It is the truth, and that is saying this. We can apply his blood to any situation. You see, because Jesus said, I'm going to put your sins in the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. And my husband always said, in the sea of forgetfulness, God puts up a sign that says, no fishing. So if you are reminding God, the Spirit of the Lord put it on my heart to say to you and to say to me, if you are reminding God of your past sins or failures, He would like for you to stop. He would like for you not to mention it anymore. He has put it and he has buried it. He doesn't want to hear. I tell you, one of my elders told me of a specific time in his life. I won't say who the elder is, but I'll tell it was John Hagee and Kenneth Copeland who said at a very hard moment of one of my elders' life, 
Woe be to anyone that reaches underneath the blood and pulls something out. And woe be to you if you pull something out of your past that's under the blood and you begin to tell others about it unless it's in light of your glorious testimony. And woe be to those who would try to say to you, I remember you in 1974 when you were this and that. Woe be to them. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Someone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let anyone rob you of the truth. He did not merely spring up in Bethlehem. He came from glory to dust to redeem us, to make us his. No one will ever match his DNA. And I'll tell you this morning, in the courtroom of heaven, there is a witness that stands in our defense. Its name is the blood of Jesus. Hebrews says there is a witness in the courts of heaven, and it is the blood. It is the blood. You see, when something tries to keep your inheritance, out when something tries to discourage you the blood of Christ speaks in the heavenly courtroom and said that one belongs to God take your hand off of them that one belongs to the king take your hand off them the enemy wants to keep you in shame he wants you to bow your head down and keep low but the blood speaks a better word than anything I've ever heard and I want to tell you heaven backs the word look at your neighbor and say heaven backs the word the bible says that he is our mediator jesus's blood so this is the way it goes i'll use me i could use you but then you might get mad i didn't use you so i'll use me so jesus says to god Rhonda is here i'm sure you remember that i've gone between you and Rhonda, and i have provided her with access to you to the grace throne etched in grace and God says of course I remember Rhonda son you've made her one of ours because she came through you today son because she came through your name I welcome her tell her to make her request known and I want to tell you this morning this is the confidence that we have by the blood of Jesus that we can come to the throne of grace our faith does not stand alone you don't stand alone on anything all heaven backs the blood the biographer Smith Wigglesworth the great man of faith and power wrote these words they overcame the dragon with the weapon of heaven's lamb the dragon has to go to Calvary and testify of the blood. Tell your fear this morning, testify of the blood. Tell your anxiety, testify of the blood. Tell your overwhelming situation, testify of the blood. Speak over your prodigal, testify of the blood. Somebody give Jesus praise this morning. Hallelujah. You don't have to understand it. I've said it before. You don't understand how a brown cow can eat green grass and give you white milk either, but you drink that milk. I don't understand how God can take a dark heart like mine and dip it in his crimson blood and make me new again. But it is what the blood does. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The blood allows you to lay hold of some things. The blood allows you to speak some things. The blood allows you to declare some things with the bloodline of Jesus. It is is powerful never despise the precious blood of jesus lift one hand and say thank you jesus thank you jesus josh come help me i'm not near done but just come help me it'll make them feel better i know my people 
what we said in the beginning, <laughs> what we said in the beginning is God's people had been in bondage for 430 years. And God hardened Pharaoh's heart to demonstrate his power, that he would get glory. They wondered a long time, would deliverance come? Would healing come? Would miracle come? You may again be wondering that this morning. You have may walked a long time wondering, but don't give up. Most often we wait the longest for things that are worth waiting on. Look at your neighbor and say they're worth waiting on. And the plagues came because, see, you can wait on God or you can wait on God. What do you mean? It's, it's a difference in spelling. Wait, W-A-I-T or W-E-I-G-H-T. And what you're waiting becomes a wait. That's all you can talk about. That's all you can think about. What's not done yet. It becomes a weight on your mind. That's all you can think about. And you miss this beautiful life that the Lord has given you. You miss this wonderful, glorious life that he has given you. Or you can wait. Quava. Be joined with him. And wait for him to do what only he can do. And he said to them, sit that special night. With your shoes on, clothes on, your walking stick, because tonight I'm passing through. I will strike down every firstborn. I will execute judgment against the gods. You know, sometimes we wonder when God win. The psalmist often said, when God win. We see the heathen raging. We see these things coming, Lord. I'm going to tell you something. God will execute judgment not to kill people, but he will kill the plans of those against you. He will destroy the talk against you. He will decimate the devices against you. And he will strip the attack that's coming against you. So on your doorpost, we put and apply the blood of Jesus. And what they did is they took the hyssop branch and they dipped it into the blood of the basin. And they began to put it on their doorpost, on the top and on the sides. We have an image that we're going to show you. It's the Hebrew, the last letter of Hebrew. That's what it looked like, Tav, which is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. That's exactly how it looked once it went on there. They put that on that, on that doorpost. And this is what happened. It was a sign of ownership. Tav in the Hebrew is a sign of ownership. It marked the house to say, the ones in here, they belong to the Lord. The ones in here. They were owned by slave, but now they're owned by the Lord. And I'm going to show you my glory, says the Lord. The Lord was about to redeem his people. And God says, when I see the blood, when I see it on your doorpost, I'm not going to come and say, is there a Baptist in this house? I'm not going to say, everybody Methodist in here? How many Hail Marys have my brothers and sisters who I love in the Catholic Church in here? He's not going to ask you about your works. He's not going to ask you about your name. He's going to ask you, why do you come in my name? And we say nothing but the blood of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus Christ. Someone wave a hand before the Lord. Let the angels take a snapshot of you this morning. Hallelujah. Here's the deal. You can just also imagine the accuser walking across with a death angel. God sent the death angel, but the accuser's with him. And every time the death angel got ready to go up to a house, the accuser said, there's someone in there with a cruel tongue. You know that, right? In this house, someone just got angry with someone. In this house, someone just spoke negative. In this house, there is weakness. Oh, in this house, there is character defects. And the angel of the Lord would say, stop. 
all I see is the blood. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. It is Jesus alone. Hallelujah who brings salvation. Only one name can bring salvation. Tim Sally can't bring salvation. Todd Haggard, Rhonda Davis, Chuck Martin. Only one name can bring salvation. The name of Jesus, the Son of the Almighty God. Someone give him shouts of praise. You may come from seven generations of fire baptized people like I do, but I would never use that when I enter the gates of heaven. You may come from seven generations of of smokers, tokers, people that have been in jail, people under curse, alcoholics, murderers, mayhem, and still God would say, I don't hold any of that against you if you come in the name of Jesus. Someone give him a praise. In the excitement of this moment, I don't want to miss this. In the Hebrew, Passover literally means to hop or to jump over, to skip over in the Hebrew language, according to the Mysteries of the Messiah by Rabbi that I study underneath that Joni connected me with. It means to skip over, to hop over. You see, the death angel was in the street, but when he came to the house marked by the blood, instead of going over, he just leaped over that house. He passed over it. The blood applied to you causes the enemy to flee. Can I get an amen? We pass over things we should not be able to pass over. We pass through. We all have that people said, oh, that's going to take them out. Well, this is the one. This is the one, Betty. They've made it 17 times, but this is the one that's going to destroy them. Don't you love religious people casting doubt upon you? I've never heard that, but I've heard tales of that. So look at your neighbor and say, she's not talking to you. Here's the deal. To the world, it looks like you're crawling through your tragedy. To the world, it looks like you're barely making it through. But to the spirit realm, it looks like you're hopping and jumping and skipping over that thing that should have taken you out. Because the Bible says we overcome the enemy by the by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Let me tell you something. The enemy, I have to say with the word of my testimony. You see, they used the hyssop branch and they dipped it into the basin to do the doorpost. Your word of your testimony is the hyssop branch that takes it out of your life and sprinkles the blood to people. When you say, I was once this, when you say, devil, you can't have my family, I apply the blood of Jesus to my doorpost. You take that hyssop branch and you begin to bring the blood out into the lives of men and women. When you say, I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord sustained me, you're taking the hyssop branch and you're applying the blood that you're saying, I'm speaking what the Word says. I'm speaking what God says. I'm speaking what the blood says. What can wash away my sin? Give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning. I am justified by the blood is my hyssop branch bringing the blood into my world. I am cleansed through the blood. I hold the blood of Jesus against you, sickness. I hold the blood against you, poverty. I hold the blood against you, despair. 
I hold the blood against you fear. If God be for me, he is more than the world against me. I declare by the word of my testimony and what the word declares that through his blood, when I get on a plane, and this is true, I touch it. I don't say anything out loud. I don't scare nobody. No reason to be a freak. I touch that plane, and in my mind, very whisper, I say, I cover this plane with the blood of Jesus. I will pass over to the other side safely. You see, through his blood, we can pass over through anxiety to peace. We can pass over from fear into courage. We can pass over from freedom, from chains of slavery into his freedom. Can I get an amen? Through his blood of Jesus, we can pass over to shouts of salvation that says, I am saved, I am saved, and by the blood, my sins are forgiven. The devil will not haunt me anymore. He will not make me afraid. He will not continually bring fear to my mind and images, but I apply the blood of Jesus when my children travel. I've done this. My parents did it. Nothing new to me, but I want to make it clear to you. I apply the blood of Jesus. When she was down in Hamilton at the ramp and tornadoes were whipping around the ramp, I said, I apply the blood of Jesus. My daughter will not be touched, and thank God they were all safe. Come on, give Jesus praise. I apply the blood of Jesus when my children went to school. I apply the blood of Jesus over myself. I apply the blood of Jesus to situations because there is a song that we have that the angels cannot sing. The Bible says they long to look into the mystery and the glory of salvation, but they cannot because angels don't know what it's like to be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. An angel has never walked to the altar and say, I confess Jesus as my personal Savior. An angel has never felt what it feels like to go from despair to hope, from being a sinner to a saint. Can I get an amen? From having nothing to having everything. His name is Jesus. Someone give him a praise, and I'm almost closing. Come on, give him a praise. Give him a shout of praise. The blood. God gave me this word. I had no idea he would put it right here. But he said, right here. Two weeks before Easter, right here. One week before the seven places, right here. Tav is the last alphabet of the Hebrew. They call it alphabet, and it means the last. He not only was the Alpha Omega in Hebrew, he was the Aleph and the Tav, which means when he cried out at Calvary, it is Say, it is finished. It means that it was complete. The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. When I'm weak, the blood picks me up. When I'm downcast, the blood picks me up. When I'm scared, the blood picks me up. We are complete. The blood will never lose its power. Give him one more praise in this room. Come on, give him one more praise. Some people are going to help me in just a moment, but don't you listen to me. Passover is so we never forget. I love the song, Me and Little Miracles, and right in the middle of it, they say, I don't ever want to get over what you did for me. I don't ever want to get over it. I know I'm a piece of work. I know I'm dramatic and excited. That's me. It doesn't have to be you. I'm the same way at a ball game. I'm the same way at the grocery store, cheering on the clerks. It just kind of hangs with me. But when the Spirit comes upon me, 
I can't help but say thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he healed me, how he saved me from the uttermost, it makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Someone say hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. The blood will not lose its power, but at Passover, that statement I was telling the children about, Daye knew, it's powerful. And it goes like this. It would have been enough for us, oh God, the Israelites said, if you just brought us out of Egypt, but you executed judgment against the Egyptians. It would have been enough of, for us if you had just killed their firstborn, but you gave us wealth, Lord, when you brought us out of that land, not a feeble among us. It would have been enough if you had just split the sea, but you didn't. You made the ground dry. I don't know about you this morning, but when I think about he's done and all that he has performed for me, he could have left it here, but then he went and did this. He could have left it here, but then he went and did this. He could have left it here. He could have said at any moment of our grace filled life that's enough but he kept on giving more and more power and glory give him a shout of praise this morning come on give him a shout of praise this morning give him a shout of praise this morning hallelujah 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 you can just stand all over this building thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus this is my testimony and others will follow if he had only healed my heart of bitterness, resentment, insecurity, it was so insecure. That would have been enough for me. It would have, it would have to bring me out of that slavery. But he did much more than that. He restored me to my husband. He gave me a beautiful family. And then he gave me a church family. So this morning I want to say, may I never get over everything he has done for me. Thank you, Jesus. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. If he had only healed my broken heart and sustained me in the middle of my grief as I became a widow and a single mom, it would have been enough for me. But he did much more than that. He turned my sorrow into joy. And he gave me a beautiful family and a beautiful life. He gave me the courage to move forward. May I never get over everything he has done for me. Thank you, Jesus. If he had, if he had only healed me, from verbal abuse by stepfather, childhood sexual abuse, and low self-worth, it would have been enough. It would have been enough. But he did so much more than that. He placed five father figures in my life that taught me how to love God correctly. He gave me an incredible marriage with two beautiful daughters, and he has placed us in foster care ministry so we can help other children. May I never get over everything he has done for me. Thank you, Jesus. He had only kept me out of jail and SWAT coming into my house, busting down the door again, and kept me from the chains of addiction and shackles, standing before the judge again with another criminal charge. If that had all he had done for me, that would have been enough for me. 
that would have been enough for me. But he has done so much more than that. He has put me in a place to work with people with mental illness and substance use disorder. And now I stand with them in front of the judge as they are shackled with addiction, telling them God can redeem them. He redeemed my family. He redeemed my children. He put me in this church with wonderful Pastor Rhonda and gave me Pastor Todd as my husband, such a godly man, and I am so grateful. May I never get over everything he has done for me. Thank you, Jesus. If he had only healed me from addiction, depression, lost him, Lord. It would have been enough for me. But he did much more than that. He released that stronghold over me. He gave me peace, joy, and love. And he saved me. He gave me the best church family ever. May I never, ever get over what he's done for me. Thank you, Jesus. If he had only healed me from my seared heart, broken, drunk. That had been enough for me. But he did so much more than that. He changed my name from Mike to Michael. He gave me a song in my step. He gave me my first love back, and that's him. He spoke two words to me directly and gave me the love of my life. He spoke Church of the Harvest and brought me home as a prodigal to this house. If he doesn't ever do anything else for me, thank you, Jesus. I will never again forget what he's done for me. If he had only saved me from atheism and arrogance and agony, that would have been enough for me. But he did so much more than that. He filled my heart with compassion and charity and I will never forget what God has done for me thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for what you have done for me for me if he had only saved my life when I tried to take it If he had only delivered me from alcoholism and abusive relationships, it would have been enough for me. But he did much more. He didn't stop there. He kept me when I was weak and I didn't think that I could walk through another day. He kept me. He kept my children. And they're all thriving, and I have nine beautiful grandchildren now. And then, when Satan tried to tell me that I would never smile again, that I would never be happy again, that I would never have friends again, he brought me to this church, Church of the Harvest, the church of the the whosoever. And when I walked through those doors, I knew that I was home. And if that's all that he would have ever done for me, then that would have been enough. And may I never, ever, ever forget everything he's done for me. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Can you give Jesus a shout of praise this morning? Can you give Jesus a shout of praise this morning? Come on, worship team, come up on here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're calling this altar open. We're just asking everyone, you guys can go down. You did awesome. Just come and stand these altars. We're going to sing when I think about the Lord. I want you to build an altar of worship. I want you to build an altar of praise. I want you to tell him that you don't ever want to get over what he's done for you. Thank him for his blood that heals. Thank him for his blood that saves. Everyone come. Would you come on? Everyone come. Everyone come forward. Come on. Just come on. Come on. Just make it a place of worship right down here. In fact, when you get down here, can you just lift your hands and begin to thank him? Thank him for what he's done. Come on. Come on. Thank him for what he's done. Thank him for what he's done. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Just get into a place of worship, and the team's going to sing this. Shout, hallelujah, 
all over this room, would you begin to just praise him in your own voice? Would you begin to praise him with the clapping of hands if you desire? Would you begin to thank him? We don't ever want to get over what you've done, how you've passed us over, Lord. You walked us through what we didn't think we could walk through. We want to never get over your goodness, your blessing.